On today's podcast, Ben and I are going to check in on March Madness as we head toward the Elite Eight and serve up a few picks for Saturday's NBA schedule. Index Podcast, the sports world's oldest rating service now in our 92nd season. I'm Bob Dunkel, and I'm joined by my son, Ben. We're back for another Saturday edition following our week out in Portland for the first and second rounds of the NCAAs. Ben, this was your first NCAA tournament in person. Did it live up to the hype of March Madness? Yeah, I think we talked about this a little last week, but uh, yeah, it was a great environment and uh, I really enjoyed it. Well, I got to say, Portland was kinder to Gonzaga than San Francisco was. We saw a heck of a game between the Zags and Memphis. Penny's team really had Gonzaga on the ropes. They were up 10 at the half and then Drew Timmy took over in the second half, went right down uh, to the wire. And I think maybe uh, Memphis showed a little bit of weakness in Gonzaga. Uh, They didn't get much else other than Drew, Timmy, and that seemed to be the case against Arkansas the other night. What do you think was the problem with Gonzaga? Were they overrated? Um, A bit. I guess uh, probably I would say Arkansas a bit underrated is maybe what happened here. Um, You know, watching them go through the tournament, they beat some pretty good teams so far. So interesting to see how far they'll go. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, Eric Musselman's built a really hard-nosed team down there in Fayetteville. And they held Gonzaga, who led the nation this year in scoring at just over 88 points per game, uh, to just 37.5% shooting from the field. Uh, And that included 5 of 21 from three-point range. We know in college ball, much like the NBA now, if you're not draining threes, you're probably not going to advance. Timmy got 25. So I tell you what, that guy did all he could to put Gonzaga on his back once again. But Chet Holmgren, zero points in the first half against the Hogs. He finished with 11 for the game. I guess the next time we see Holmgren play is going to be in the NBA. Is that what, that what you think, Ben? Uh, yeah, I think he'll probably make the jump uh, this summer. Yeah, I think he probably will, too. He probably would be better served by playing another year in college ball, but it doesn't seem to be the way it's done anymore. So he'll probably progress up to the NBA and start to get tut- tutelage there. So, you know, another disappointing year somewhat for Gonzaga. I mean, they made their seventh straight Sweet 16. That's a level of success no other program has had, but I think it's definitely bittersweet. Once again, coming up short, uh, despite being the no, number one overall seed, uh, failing to get that elusive championship. I'm sure the critics of the West Coast Conference are going to come out again and say it just doesn't prepare the Zags for tournament play. And, you know, when they go up against a tough team like Arkansas, it's it's hard to argue against that. Um you know, Arkansas tr- truly looked like the better team in that matchup. So for Dunkel, uh, it meant our number one team, Gonzaga, gone. Uh, and they were quickly followed by our number two team, Arizona, which uh, fell 
to Houston. Uh, it wasn't really an upset. Dunkel did call that. We did have the Cougars, who were our number three ranked team and our, our highest ranked team left in the tournament. Uh, defense was the key again, Ben. Uh, 33% shooting was all Arizona could muster against Houston's defense. And they got enough scoring out of Jamal Shedd and Kyler Edwards uh, to put them into the Elite Eight where they go up against Villanova tonight. I tell you what, as a five-seed, Ben, um, Houston was a pretty good pick in the pool this year, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah, if if you still got them in your bracket, you're looking good. Yeah, uh, of course, not as good as if you had taken a 15-seed to go all the way to the Elite Eight. Uh, can you believe St. Peter's? Did you get a chance to watch any of that last night? No, I didn't, but I, yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, the Peacocks became just the second, or pardon me, third team uh, to make it to the Sweet 16. Florida Gulf Coast did it in 2013, and Oral Roberts did it last year. No team in the history of the tournament had ever made it to the Elite Eight from a 15 seed, and the Peacocks, uh, they made history last night. A knocking off Purdue, that was not what the Dunkel Index predicted. Uh, we had Purdue big, and, you know, much like Arkansas's defense against Gonzaga, uh, St. Peter's defense held a really high-scoring Purdue team. Purdue averaged 80.7 points per game this year, which ranked seventh in the country. Hold them to just 64 points. Uh, so Shaheen Holloway, I, I, you know, he's, he's, he's got lightning in a bottle right now. And they're going on to face North Carolina in the Elite Eight. Uh, I won't tell you who Dunkel has on this. You can go to dunkelindex.com to see if the bubble bursts for St. Peter's or not. But any way you slice it, uh, it's been an incredible run by the Peacocks. Um, yeah, I should say uh, another team that that is still standing uh, and is somewhat surprising, but somewhat not surprising at the same time, the Duke Blue Devils. Ben, what's your thought on Kay here? Do you think he, he's got uh, what it takes to get all the way to his sixth national championship? Well, I think obviously Kay does. I don't know if the team does, uh, but it's been fun to watch. And uh I was surprised to see, you know, if they ended up matching up against North Carolina in the final four, it'd be the first time they've ever met in the tournament. So, you know, I guess I'm kind of rooting to see that matchup. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That that would be a first for, for those two teams. Of course, back in the day, uh, you only took one team from the conference. So that eliminated any possibility of Duke and North Carolina facing each other. But, uh, that would be a game for the ages. I think much like, uh, Apollo Creed and Rocky. I don't know if Duke wants a rematch or maybe North Carolina doesn't want the rematch after they beat Duke so soundly at Cameron Indoor. Mm-hmm. But uh, that would certainly be one that the fans would be rooting for. You know, Kay now has uh, 100 uh, victories in the tournament, um, got there after beating Texas Tech the other night. Uh, that's amazing threshold to get past, 100 tournament wins alone. Uh you know, kind of surprising uh, for me, the ACC. Um, I had bought into the ACC being down this year. Dunkel's ratings certainly uh, showed that. Uh, but here we are in the Elite Eight, and we've got three ACC teams still standing. We've got Duke, 
We've got North Carolina who beat UCLA last night, and uh, we've got Miami who also was a winner last night. That's our old friend Jim Laranega, Ben, from yeah. the old George Mason days. Are you surprised by the ACC so far? Um, yeah, you know, I guess so. Um, I really didn't watch too much considering Florida State was so bad this year, so I don't have too good a gauge on the ACC, um, you know, this year. Yeah. Well, of course, as we said, North Carolina will get St. Peter's, so we'll see if they can protect the integrity of the conference by at least putting uh, St. Peter's out, something the Big Ten couldn't do last night with Purdue. And, of course, that means no Big Ten teams left. Uh, Michigan lost earlier in the week. So uh, I'd say a disappointing end for the Big Ten. Um, Just a lot of good teams, uh, no great teams. Um, They didn't have anybody higher than a three seed. So, uh, not really surprised that that the Big Ten didn't make more noise. I'd say the other conference that I was surprised at, in addition to the ACC, but probably in the opposite direction, was the SEC. I, I really did think with uh, both Kentucky and Auburn as two seeds uh, and a lot of uh, good teams like Tennessee and Arkansas behind them uh, that the SEC would make a lot of noise. And, of course, Arkansas is still in it. But it's the only SEC team to still be in it. Um, they get Duke tonight. So once again, uh, you're going to want to go to dunkelindex.com and check that out. See if the SEC can stay alive in this tournament. All right, Ben, should we shift over to the NBA? Um, I saw our uh, friend Chris Paul from State Farm fame is back. Um, he hadn't played since uh, the All-Star break. He came back with a nice road win the other night against the Nuggets. Uh, and Devin Booker really looked good, too. He had 49 points. Boy, doesn't, doesn't Phoenix look like it's getting healthy and wealthy at the right time? Yeah, they sure do. I kind of always thought this was going to happen. And, um, yeah, I mean, good for them. I hope Chris Paul uh, can stay healthy for the rest of the year. Yeah, you know, that much like Gonzaga, that elusive championship, um, it would be nice to see Chris Paul get one here late in his career. You know, Phoenix did a really good job of weathering the storm without him, went 11-4 and four without Paul in the lineup. And I'd say maybe even more impressively, their road record this year, 30-6. and six. And, of course, they've locked up the, the top seed in the playoffs. So, uh, they remain Dunkel's number one. I, I don't see any argument against that, do you? No, no, I, I now would not uh, be a time to argue against them, I would say. No, no. And, uh, you know, they got probably arguably one of the best coaches, if not the best in, in the league, in, in Monty Williams. And there's unfinished business um, last year's postseason when they were up 2-0 on Milwaukee and couldn't close the deal in the finals. So, they're going to be looking to, to finish that off. Uh, if you're Phoenix Suns fan, all the numbers are pointing in the direction of a strong postseason run for the Suns. Uh, our number two team, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, got a big win on Thursday night as well. They beat the Indiana Pacers 133-103. to 103. But notable there was John Morant still being out. That's three straight games now without Morant. He's out with knee soreness and expected to be out at least another two weeks. What do you think? Is that concerning? 
Um, a bit. I mean, two weeks takes us pretty much right to the end of the season. So hopefully he's right by the time the playoffs start. But um, no, not too concerning. Um, I think they got a little lucky. Also, Steph going out right around the same time. Um, so they're they're fine where they are in the West uh, with the two or the three seeds. So I think they're probably just going to give him some time off and uh, hopefully he's rested up to the playoffs. Yeah, you know, much like Phoenix without Paul, uh, how about this number? Memphis 16-2 and two without John Morant in the lineup. Um, that's really picking up the slack when your leader has gone down. But that's regular season uh, NBA basketball, much different than the postseason. It's asking a lot of Tyus Jones to lead the charge in the playoffs. And, of course, Morant's numbers, 27.6 points per game. 5.7 rebounds, 6.7 assists. Certainly uh, MVP caliber numbers, even if he doesn't win it. So uh, no fingers are crossed down there in Memphis that Morant gets back on the court, um, if not at, by the end of the regular season, certainly by the beginning of the playoffs. Um, hear ye, hear ye, Ben. Uh, there was a proclamation that came out up there in New York City I guess we had been expecting it, although it seemed to be on again, off again, but now it's on. Uh, Kyrie coming back full time. What do you think? Yeah, it uh, seems like, uh, you know, they weren't too uh, too much pressure on them to change it when it was the Nets. But as soon as the Yankees season starts up, uh, they got that rule change. So, um, I yeah, guess, but, uh, you know I guess that's a great point, Ben. Probably nobody rooting for MLB to get its labor negotiations worked out more than the Brooklyn Nets, right? Because yeah. uh, the Yankees' coattails, they are long. Yep. Um, but I don't, I don't know how much it matters. I don't know. Brooklyn doesn't look that great to me right now. Um, you know, I think Seth had a game where he didn't score at all. Patty Mills had a, a scoreless game recently. Um I don't know. There's there's some uh, some trouble there in, in Brooklyn. Well, they've got nine games now in the regular season remaining. Um, so, yeah, work to be done, um, certainly to get Kyrie and Durant on the same page, um, uh, I guess, at, at a consistent level. I mean, they certainly, whenever they do play together, um, they, they look very compatible. But I think uh, probably Steve Nash would like to see uh, this stretch run, you know, a, a nice, strong showing from those two. Um, probably like to get Seth Curry back in that lineup. Goran Dragic, too, has been out with injuries. Uh, as you said, they're number eight now in the East. But I don't think there's any panic uh, they've got six games of those nine at home. So uh, lifting the vaccine mandate, getting Kyrie in, uh, onto the Barclays Center court, I think will, will be big for them. And they've got some big matchups starting uh, with Miami tonight. Uh, I think more to come on that. And then they've got the Beck Bucks uh, next Thursday. So plenty of tune-up opportunities here for the Nets. And uh, the East, boy, it just gets more interesting all the time. Whereas the West, it's pretty much Phoenix and Memphis and everybody else right now. The East is wide open. Um, so these last couple weeks are going to be very, very interesting as the jockeying for playoff position continues. All right, Ben, you ready for a couple picks tonight? Yeah, let's do it. 
All right. Well, let, why don't we start off with uh, the Bulls at the Cavaliers tonight. Um, and while we're uh, talking about heading toward the playoffs, this one's definitely going to have a playoff feel. It's the Bulls and Cavs are bunch with Toronto right now in the race for the fifth and sixth seeds in the East. And, of course, avoiding that seventh seed has become crucial because number seven means you're in the play-in tourney. So you want to avoid that if at all possible. And maybe it's the pressure of that that's got these two teams scuffling right now. Bulls have lost five of six and 10 of their last 13, while the Cavs have dropped five of eight. And J.B. Bickerstaff, Cleveland's coach, said he wants to see the team toughen up on defense after the Lakers dropped 131 on them on Monday. And then the Raptors sank 16 threes on them on Thursday. Uh, They should get some help here from the Bulls, uh, who have definitely dropped off offensively, Uh, especially DeMar DeRozan. Ben DeRozan averaged 34.2 points per game in February. He's down to 24.7 in March. Is that that a troubling decline for Chicago? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, I, I don't know how you average 34, but, um, 24, much more like the, uh, the old DeRozan we're used to seeing. Yeah. We don't hear as much, uh, MVP chatter around DeRozan these days. And you're right. That, that, uh, February showing was unbelievable. Um, and he has come much more down to the DeMar DeRozan that we've known, uh, throughout his playing career, which is still very, very good, but not at 34-plus points per game. Uh, Another troubling sign for the Bulls, 16-21 and now uh, on the road and just 7-20 and against the spread in the role of the underdog. So Chicago was a great story there out of the gate and all the way up to the All-Star break. Since the All-Star break, Uh, It's been more the Bulls as we've known them. Uh, This one, we're going to go with Dunkel at home. Small line here, only one. uh, But we're going to take Cleveland minus the one uh, to pick up a big win against Chicago tonight. What do you think on that, Ben? Um, All right. Looks like uh, the public agrees with you. I think I've seen it all the way up to two now. Um, Personally, I'm a bit surprised. Um, I might lean towards Chicago in this one, but – I'll defer to you. We'll go with Cleveland, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, certainly uh, a double-edged sword, having the public going with you, not always a good thing. So I don't take that uh, as uh, generating any comfort there. But uh, if it gets up much more than that, I'd probably stay away from it. Liked it very much at one, like it less at two. Um, Don't think I'd go beyond that because this one – is going to be a tight one tonight. So uh, if you get it one or even two uh, worth it, anything higher, I think I'd stay away from Cleveland on that one. Um, All right, let's shift over to South Beach now uh, for Brooklyn at Miami. Boy, this one is a juicy one as well. Uh, Should also have a, a playoff feel to it. You know, Miami's first in the East, right? We just said the Nets are all the way down in the eighth slot. But uh, the gap between these two teams does not seem that wide. Uh, 
Miami's lost three straight now, five of its last eight, including an ugly 111-103 loss at home to the Knicks last night. I saw the Heat blow a 17-point fourth-quarter lead. Ben, we had the Knicks last night straight up, saw that 17-point lead in the fourth quarter and figured we missed that one by a mile. But, boy, they turned it on. And maybe more importantly, Miami's imploded. What's going on in Miami right now? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they've lost to a couple teams, including the Sixers, uh, without Embiid and Harden. Um, It sounds like there was a a spat between Jimmy and Haslam. Um, Hero hasn't been playing. I don't know what's going on, but it's it's kind of a mess right now. Yeah, I noted that Butler-Haslam scuffle. And, uh, yeah, not a good sign whenever – players in the huddle are going at each other. Uh, I think it also shows maybe some of the pressure is starting to get to Miami. Another thing you don't expect to see is Eric Spolstra's team out hustled. And last night, New York had the edge in second uh, chance points, 28 to 14. So out hustled by a Knicks team at home. That does not bode well for Miami. Um Meanwhile, things, as we said, are looking better in Brooklyn. Kyrie's gotten the all clear. Uh, looks like Curry and Dragic are coming back. Uh, you throw in Curry's 15.5 point average and Dragic's 7.5 points with Durant's 29.7 and Kyrie's 28.5. You got a pretty good offense going forward. And you can certainly see why Stevie Nash doesn't look like. He's hitting the panic button. Hasn't looked like that all year, even while things around him swirled. Um, You know, no surprise with Kyrie in the lineup. They're seven, two and one against the spread in their last 10 road games and four and one against the spread uh, in their last five as a road favorite. In a way, the road has actually been home for Brooklyn of late because of uh, the addition of Kyrie in the lineup. So, I like uh, Brooklyn here. Uh, they're laying three and a half. Dunkel has this one uh, going all all Brooklyn's way tonight. They are definitely the hotter team. They've been getting good news. Um, they should be using these final nine games to tune up for what I'm sure they expect to be a championship run. I uh, also like Durant and Irving to, to really light it up tonight and push this final score over the Vegas total. Ben, you like Brooklyn on the road against uh, a Heat team that that looks to be not crumbling, but definitely teetering under the pressure. Yeah, I don't love it, but I think I'll grit my teeth and uh, I'll root for Brooklyn in this one. Yeah, I'm I'm with you in terms of, um, I don't know if that's my rooting interest, but the numbers are what the numbers are. So we are yeah. going to stick with Brooklyn here on that one and the over. All right. Why don't we f- uh, finish up uh, with one more playoff caliber matchup. And some might say this is the finals matchup, a preview potentially. Uh, Milwaukee at Memphis. I don't think anybody this late in the season would have doubted uh, Milwaukee being a potential finals matchup. But Memphis, uh, that's just one more case of how the Grizz have really shocked a lot of people. And, of course, as we mentioned, the Grizz are playing without John Morant, but it doesn't seem to be a problem. 16-2, and two, again, without him in the lineup. 
And they've been equally dominant at home. Uh, Six-game winning streak now after that Indiana win on Thursday night by 30 points. And, you know, the often overlooked Desmond Bain, we talked about him a couple of times, Ben. He had 30 points, 12 of 15 shooting. Uh, He's now had 20 or more points in eight of his last 10 games, averaging 22 points per game in the process. Desmond Bain, maybe most improved player, certainly most overlooked player, wouldn't you say, right now in the league? Oh, yeah, it has to be. Yeah, I mean, my God, he has really stepped up in many ways for uh, for the Grizz. And, you know, the home cooking's been good. As we said, they haven't lost since February 16th at home, but, boy, the Bucks are going to test it tonight because the Bucks are playing very, very well, as you would expect them to uh, down the stretch. They've won 10 of their last 12 in preparation of defense of their title. Uh, and, of course, uh, this is a reunion game. Uh, we got Grayson Allen coming back to Memphis. You excited <laughs> about that one, Ben? <laughs> oh, you know it. <laughs> when Allen's not playing, he may be on the bench trying to sneak a peek at the Duke-Arkansas game tonight. But, you know, despite his checkered pass he's been a pretty good addition for milwaukee uh he's now scored in double figures in his last three games with the bucks and he's made eight of 13 from beyond the arc uh during that span so you know everything right now that milwaukee touches seems to work out and grace and allen's a perfect example of that bucks won the first matchup back in january 126 114 but Dunkel's going to go with the Grizz here, Sands Morant, uh, to return the favor at home. Um, you know, they, especially when they're they're scoring the ball like they've been scoring, they are almost impossible to beat. Uh, of course, they had that 133 point point output the other night against Indiana. Uh, they come into this one 11 and two against the spread in their last 13 when they score at least 125 points in the previous game. So we're going to look for that offense to continue to click tonight. Might want to look at a prop on Desmond Bain as well. Memphis wins, covers the one and a half, but we do think the point total is slightly too high in Vegas at 234. Uh, We think it's going to be a more reasonable high 220s to 230 range. So I probably want to stay away from the over on that. But Ben, in this potential matchup of NBA finalists, you feeling good with Memphis tonight to hold on against the Bucs? Yeah, I think so. I'd feel a little better if uh, Giannis weren't playing. It looks like he's questionable. Um, Holiday out tonight. Middleton looks like he's going to play. So the Bucks, Bucks are uh, at pretty much full strength. But, uh, yeah, if, if Memphis can pull this off, that would be an impressive win. Yeah, no, it de- definitely would. And I tell you what, it looks like Memphis every time on the court um, is playing hard right now. And you got to like that as well. So there you have it. We are going to go with the Grizz over the Bucks, a low line there. So we like that for the home team. Uh, we're going to take – The Nets on the road, but that means Kyrie in the lineup uh, at Miami to beat the Heat. And we will, in another low-line game, take the Cavaliers at home over the Bulls. Uh, Three great matchups tonight, Ben. Which one of these uh, are you going to tune into? I'll probably flip around, uh, you know, watch a little bit of all of them. 
Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to focus in on the Brooklyn-Miami game since the East is going to be a real battle in the postseason. And I'm anxious to see if uh, if Brooklyn looks like it's you know raising its game a notch since the news had come out of New York that Kyrie's going to be back full-time now. So there we've got it. Uh, a bunch of picks for you to get your weekend going tonight. Um, and, of course, we've got uh, – two Elite Eight games tonight as well. Uh, So you want to go to dunkleindex.com to check out those picks. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, as always, and, and visiting the site. And hope everybody has a good weekend and good luck.